Greetings and salutations. It is the Clary Podcast, the old captain. Let me get the chair situated. Let's get the chair situated. Gotta love that intro. Love that intro. Love that movie too. It's one of those days where I just may say, fuck it, and binge on a bunch of spaghetti westerns and old World War II movies. Damn good movies back in the day. Remember that when you were a kid, you could like you know play video games all day and not have the slightest pang of guilt. I don't know what happens. I guess you grow up. I remember happiest I was. Well, okay, not the happiest I was, but one of the happier moments. Nineteen eighty-eight. You know why? Dragon Warrior came out for the Nintendo Entertainment System, and this movie, Midnight Run, which I keep telling you people to watch, but nobody listens, and, and uh, DT over at theblackbrigade.org, he makes fun of me because he thought the movie was too childish for him and his 193 IQ. Uh, you, you could just sit, you could play video games all day. It was nice. You, like, had no guilt. None. No guilt whatsoever. You could just play video games, and you could watch movies, and there wouldn't be guilt or shame. And now... I mean, it's like an economic calculation for me the entire time. Like, yeah, do I want to see Wonder Woman? That's a two-hour investment. Oh, do I want to see the new Minions movie? I kind of do. <clears throat> oh, that's going to be two hours. What can I do in those other two hours? And I and I had to, uh, I had to reorganize, had to rethink. Now that the house is paid off, it's time to cool the jets. It's time to relax. Time to throttle back. Been redlining the engine for 40 years now. Just, just need to chill out, take it easy. And it's okay to watch a movie. It's all right to watch a movie. No, Aaron, you don't have to run six miles and hit the gym for an hour a day. You don't have to do those things. You don't have to write. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. And yes, it is perfectly fine and okay if you go and just watch, not just watch a movie, but like entire, like I should be entitled to an entire week of just eating crap and filth and doing nothing. Like, I should be white trailer trash. I should be white trailer trash. It implies it's white. I should just be trailer trash. I should just be able to hork down a bunch of Doritos, eat some horrible food, drink some light beers, watch movies, and then and then just, you know, and after that week, like, okay, I recharged my batteries. Now what? Now we don't have to go back to that old level. We were just thrusting the engines as fast as they could go. But even then, I you guys remember this. I, I think I've mentioned it before, but I'm going to mention it again because it's germane and relevant. <clears throat> you remember when you like successfully uh, tricked your parents into thinking and believing that you were sick? Like they called up the school, said, "Oh, little Jimmy's going to be sick." My technique was uh, it wasn't anything genius on my part, but I would when you wake up, you got to go to the bathroom, so I go to the bathroom. And there would be uh, the, the heat vent right by there. And I would put my head by the heat vent as it was kicking in in the morning. And that would heat up my head. And then I'd go right to my mom. Oh, mom, I'm sick. I got Oh, my God, you're burning up. <clears throat> and the trick was not to go to the doctor. You know, you don't, you don't want because then you're not at home. It's the same, the same thing. School, doctor, you're, you're not staying there watching the morning cartoons, which I never understood. Why are you playing morning cartoons well at 9 a.m. when all the kids are at the prison system? That made no sense to me. I, I appreciate it when I fake being sick. But I'm like, well, wait, why are you playing this when nobody... But then, and then here's the drawback. This is the drawback to being a, a, a lout 
this is the drawback to being that trailer trash person, is pretty much after 9 p.m. or 9 a.m. the uh, then the daytime TV would start. And, oh my god. Heaven help you if you actually were sick. Like, you couldn't go anywhere and you're just flipping through the channels. Or in my day, you actually had to get up and change the channels. And there was only five channels. And then you just, like, watch Golden Girls or whatever daytime slop or the, the game shows. The game shows are okay. You could you could kind of maybe muster through that. Bob Barker was my friend. Bob Barker was a really cool guy. Still is a cool guy. still alive today. 93, I think, the last time I checked. Uh, but then you would get this sick feeling. Uh, when you weren't sick, this is assuming you're being, you know, lying to get out of school, uh, and you're like, oh wow, I gotta like you got that disgusting guilt or uh, gluttony kind of feel in your stomach, like I've been watching TV for how long, but you had to act like you were sick. Like, see, that was the thing, that was the drawback. You couldn't go out and play. You you couldn't do that. So you'd have to like, you know, maybe walk outside a little bit, act like some kind of infirm old guy at the retirement center with his cane. I'm just getting some air. That was the other problem is like uh, I could only really fake it until about eight. Then my stepdad was around and uh, he he worked. He was self-employed contractor dude. Brilliant man. (laughs) But the fucker was still at home. (laughs) And I like so if you acted sick, you had to keep up the facade. See now, before eight, before my mom married my stepdad, oh, you could get away with murder. It was wonderful. I truly knew what it was like to be a man at the age of seven. Like I am the man of the household. I'm the oldest male here, and and you, you mock and ridicule, you laugh all you want, uh, but young boys where the fathers aren't around at the age of seven, no matter how young you are, you do become because you're the only male there, and there was an element of. Certainly an element of authority over your other siblings, but there was a, a responsibility maybe, but with it, with it came freedom. Oh, was it great. Dude, when from seven to about nine, maybe eight, seven to eight, that's how long it took before my mom married my stepdad. Uh, that was a nice year. That was a really nice year because I could do what I wanted. Uh, my ma had to trust me, you know, like, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're the oldest, Go out there and don't kill anybody. All right, I won't. <clears throat> Might have gotten in some fights. But the the freedom you had without another man in the household uh, to kind of go and do what you wanted. And I, I don't mean ruthlessly or anything bad. I mean, we're talking like, oh, I'm going to go to that stream my dad would never tell me to go to otherwise. If there had been a, a an adult father figure there present, he'd say, don't go. I remember. Look this up. Pewaukee, Wisconsin. They were putting in Highway 16. It was like the coolest playground ever because on the weekends or whenever uh, the construction workers, the road workers, would abandon and leave their construction equipment. And uh, no one could steal that. It's too heavy. You know, cranes and, and uh, uh, what is it, flat roller bed type of things. And so you could go down because they dug it out. They dug out Highway 16. They made it, you know, like a valley. And we'd go down there in the mud and the dirt. And then you'd go climb on the construction equipment. It was the coolest thing ever, ever. 1982, I can remember it very clearly. 82, 83, great years. And they're just, you know, and we weren't getting no trouble. We're not going to start it up and start running people over. They were smart enough to take the keys or whatever starts up those things. And we're climbing on that and we're in the middle of like a construction zone and there's dirt and puddles and mud. And uh, man, that was a fun time. That was a great fun time. 
And then I also remember there was like this stream in the back. Oh, you can't go by this. Don't go by this stream. And I went by this stream. And I lived to talk about it 30 odd years later about the stream that I wasn't supposed to go to when I walked to and I looked at the stream. It was cute. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. Like, here's a stream. We didn't have a stream at the old place. It was kind of very flat and boring. And uh, like, wow, there's an actual stream here. That was another thing as a kid. You really don't, like when you grow up, until you until you get your first bike, you can actually start exploring. Um, you're kind of a prisoner. You don't really get to explore and see a lot of the world around you. Because uh, when, I, when I was growing up, living in this town called Sussex, Wisconsin, at the time, there was nothing there. Our backyard was a farmland. We were like on the outposts to get like bring Jesus and the Lord to the fucking people. Otherwise, they'll burn in hell. Uh, but I remember it. It was almost prairie like, and not a little house on the prairie because like cool shit happened in that show. It was just so boring. There was nothing. There were no kids. There was no neighborhood. No nothing. And I always thought water fountains were amazing or streams, anything to do with water because you didn't see it. It was just this flat, barren piece of land. Sometimes when the snow would melt a, a big puddle, to me it was almost a lake. It could have been Lake Michigan uh, would form, and I'd walk across it. It'd, I'd be very cold because uh, I couldn't wait to walk across it. It was melting in March. Uh, but I remember, but no more. And I, I knew this after I became a cyclist back when I was a teenager. Once I got a bike, I'm like, holy crap! There's all this. There's there's like three streams that go through Sussex. Sussex. There's like this really cool river. There's this little road that follows down. I mean, all this stuff. Hillside, Holy Hill, all this stuff on the north side of Milwaukee. them look it up. Uh, there was like a lot of stuff to go and explore. But if you're a little five-year-old kid, and you got your little tricycle or whatever with the training wheels on, you can't make it more than 300. Yeah, your mom would probably want, I, I guess at five years old, you're not supposed to wander too far from the house. But you're, you're there, you're like, uh, this is my life. This is the little planet I'm on. Ooh, there's a road over there. Hey, this one's gravel. That one's paved. Holy cow. It was so boring. I get excited when the new, uh, um, what are they called? Not the brochures. What do you get when you go to the church? They hand you like the itinerary of the church. I got, I got excited when the new ones were printed off because they came on different colored paper. And sometimes they put a different, you know, Christian emblem on it. It'd be, you know, the dove with the with an olive branch, maybe it'd be the crucifix. I'm like, oh well, new colors. That's how sad it was. And now my little niece, my little piece of shit niece, I was hanging out with yesterday. We went and got ice cream. Uh, she's she knows how to use these tablets and like intuitively, intuitively, all this stuff, all this entertainment. It's kind of sad because at least when you were a five year old kid, you didn't know what was over that hill. You didn't know what went past that valley. You could see the valley, but you didn't know what. Well, you saw something going over there. Was it? What was that dash of light I saw? And it was a car driving on, what was it, County Road 71, 74. And it just, the light was reflecting off of the windshield. But you didn't know that as a kid. You're like, what's going on over there? What adventure? What great, what great unlimited, truly unlimited, unlimited world was out there. An infinite world to explore. And, you know, your, your mom, oh, no, don't go over that hill. That's Farmer Brown's place. Oh, no, don't go over here. Don't I'm like, oh, I wonder what's over that hill. Are there dragons? Are there, I, I, you didn't even know what dragons were. Because dragons, remember, Dungeons and Dragons in the Christian church was Satanism. That was paganism. You'd all go and burn in hell. 
And even, even having the concept of Dungeons and Dragons, which I didn't have at five, that would limit it too much. Now take a completely blank mind. Blank idiotic kid's mind has, has no limitations and just think where your mind would go. You want to talk about true innocence. You want, you want to talk about why it's great to be a kid. That's it right there. Because you had no limitations on your thinking. It was what you, you didn't obey the laws of physics. I remember one time telling my mom and dad to tie a stick with a rope to my tricycle, and I thought that would make me fly and I could go visit my grandpa. And they kept hounding me, and I'm just like, will you fuckers fucking just do it? I was very much like that back in my day. I've always been like that. Please fucking do what I tell you. And they did, and and sadly, the tricycle did not take off and fly me to visit my grandfather uh, 300 miles away in Minnesota. Uh, But you want to talk about truly unlimited thought. Truly where the mind could wander and conjure up the greatest of dreams. That's when you're a kid and you don't know the laws of physics. You don't know the laws of economics. You don't have reality. It's horrible. It sucks becoming an adult. It just so fucking sucks. Even when you get get the finances and the budget and you understand the law, you could go out and explore. But you still don't have that naivete, this truly limitless dreaming that when you're a kid... Because as far as I knew, I didn't know north, south, east, and west. I had no idea. I didn't know which way it was. I, I just, I think my grandpa lived that way. And honestly, I was pointing the complete, I was pointing east. My, my grandpa lived west. I wanted to go east. But you didn't know what was past where those lights were driving by with the light reflecting off of them. You didn't know what was over Farmer Brown's Hill. You thought the world was limitless. Like you could just go forever. And you could, you could. There was this, this, this concept of infinity. As a kid, you could just and the, the and and the the opportunities and consequences were limitless and and limit infinite in their variety. Anything could happen. Could I find gold over there? I don't know what gold is. I just know it's valuable. <clears throat> Boy, I hope there's a turtle or a frog over there. I like. I saw one the other day. Maybe I'll see a snake or a rainbow. That was another thing. Rainbow. I didn't see a rainbow until I was eight years old because you don't drive around enough. And I remember on the north, to the north of Sussex, there was like this uh, mining pit. as a little bit more to the northwest, more, more, I'm sorry, east, more east than it was, uh, than it was north. But these train tracks, if you look at a map, Atham looked this up, there's train tracks and the train tracks would run east-west on the north side of Sussex. And you never went across the train track. We can't go across the train tracks. Oh, what was that? There's dragons up there. Oh my gosh, I wonder what's on that side. And I think when I was 16, I finally got my license. Or No, even before that, I think 14 or 15, I was biking. And I found out, oh, well, it's just a bunch of other houses on the other side. And there was like this mining pit uh, more closer to Lannan with a trailer park. Uh, but you never knew what was on that other side when you were little. And just to like, oh, would I kill to have that again? Would I kill? I'd kill. I would kill. Innocent babies I would murder. I would kill little puppies just to have that innocence and naivete and the wonderment of being three or four years old again. Oh, would that have been fun. Anyway, it is the Clary Podcast. Um, I'm tired. I just woke up. The old Clarymeister is very tired. I thought he had some. Oh, I thought he had some fam. Let me check. Nah, I don't. 
I thought I had some. I do. Somewhere in here I do have. Did I print it off? Is this it? When I fold them, it usually means I read them. Six months update. Da, da, da. Kick my ass into gear. No, we read that one. These all folded up. These got to go into the box of mementos. The memento box. That's where it goes. Hang on. I'm going to put that over here. All right. I don't have any fan mail. I don't even have any hate mail. Oh, no, wait. I do. There was like this black kid uh, cursing and swearing at me on Facebook. I guess it's not really hate mail, but it's a hate post. And fucking fuck shit, fuck faggot shit, fuck fuck shit, faggot fuck you, fuck fuck. I think he's one of those that wears it with his pants down below his small micro dick. If you got, I don't have to tell you, I, I really don't. I know all the black listeners here on the show, you guys know that. Like, we should be able to do something. We should be able to do something. I know <clears throat> you can't. Because you have every right to look like a douche in public, but, I mean, just give these assholes wedgies. I was able to actually, I, I told you guys a story, right? Work of security one time, this guy's drunk, I mean, really drunk, and, you know, I say, I'm sorry, sir, do you have a hotel here, blah, 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 this and that, I'm like, please leave, you're trespassing, now I'm trying to be very polite, because that's legal, they give him every option, and then, you know, fuck you, I kick your fucking ass, fuck, fuck, fuck. And then I maced him, and I didn't realize he was holding his pants up with one hand, and the pants just drooped down. I'm like, oh, yes. And I was able to take his pants, pull them down, and push him over. Because that's the drawback of having droopy pants, you stupid motherfuckers. And that was a very short <clears throat> tussle. Uh, very short indeed, because you can't... If your legs are trapped because you decide to wear your pants down below your ankle, I can't help you. Anyway, it's, it, it, I mean, I saw it. I saw it. I saw a white guy. I can't, I can't lie. I just saw it. And he's a friend of mine. And I, I had to slap him up a little bit. Uh, a military too. Military guy. Walk to a place. I get my coffee. And I go to my place. And there's Matt. And he's got the, I could see his underwear from behind. And I'm like, is that Matt? And do I see his underwear? I say, what the fuck? Are you black? What the fuck are you doing? Pull up your fucking pants. And you're like, oh, I'm like, dude, you're 27. What? Really? What the hell? Knock that fucking shit off. I don't know. What is that? Is that a thing? Do the girls like that? How did that even become a thing? Was it, hey, look at me. I'm a fucking rebel. Oh, yeah, you're a rebel just like a hippie growing his hair long and looking like a douche. You're, you, that, that's on par with a girl tatting herself up or getting a nose piercing. You know, having some Chinese character. You know what's really being a rebel? You know what really being a rebel is? How about being just an officer and a gentleman? How about having a nice clean haircut how about being presentable? How about not being... I mean, seriously, I'm not joking. Just not having tattoos and just being a straight up... you know, Being Ward Cleaver or fucking Heathcliff Huxtable. That's truly rebellious. Being June Cleaver, you know? Not being the tatted up skank with a stamp tramp and fucking piercings hanging out of your nose. That's the real rebels. Being a conservative or, or a not leftist. You don't even have to be a conservative Republican. You don't even have to take a stage. You just have to not be a leftist. That's real rebels. The rest of you with getting all your tattoos, hey, you got to feel bad for Jack Donovan. There's a, there's probably the last guy who got tattoos that actually meant something. And now it went pop. And now he's like, fuck, god damn it, I got all these damn tattoos that I actually earned. I'm going to crush anybody's nuts who tells me otherwise. <laughs> Shit, now, now little 15-year-old fatherless girls have it along with gonocyphilates. Jesus. Poor Jack. I wonder how he's doing, Jack Donovan. You guys know Jack Donovan. He's got that book, uh, The Way of Men. 
Damn good book. I read it. Might as well plug this one, too, while we're at it. Uh, Jacob Fisker's book. He's the uh, Early Retirement Extremes website. Uh, Early Retirement Extreme, that's the name of the book, coincidentally, as well. A Philosophical and Practical Guide to Financial Independence. I wonder if you've got something on the back here. All right. <clears throat> How to Retire in Your 20s and 30s Without Winning the Lottery. This book provides a robust strategy that makes it possible to stop working for money in less than a decade. It provides a shift in economic perspective from consuming to producing. Your value to society is not how much you earn or buy, but what you create and produce. Look at this. I got to read this. God damn it. That's right. I asked him. I said, well, is it on audiobook? He says, no. I said, why not? He says, because of all the charts. He's got some damn good charts. I understand it. No, Jacob, if you're listening, I don't know if you listen to the show, uh, but damn, you should. I know... A lot would probably be lost with, yeah, you got a formulas here. Damn, you went all out. Present value, one plus, you know. Man, he went all out. Um, I understand a lot would be lost if it was converted into audio, but I think more of the philosophical. Look, you think people are really going to follow these formulas? You think people are going to, what is it? P2, I'm going to assume that's present value one. Uh, equals parentheses P1 minus P times parentheses 1 plus the interest rate equals P1. I was just doing some algebra there. <clears throat> is that the, the not the Pythagorean? Foil, first outside, inside, last. Is that what he did? That's what he did. Look at that. I think that's what he did. He did the foil. You think people are going to do foil? I mean, they're just, look, spend less than you make and be a minimalist. That's it. All right, uh, consumers are often forced to buy expensive solutions, but producers have the flexibility to create their own solutions at a quarter of the cost. I'd even say less. The resulting savings are invested to cover the remaining expenses, resulting in financial independence. The strategy can also be used to pay off debt, travel the world, volunteer, go back to school, or simply work without worrying about the next paycheck. It offers a compelling alternative to the default choice of getting a college degree, buying a car, buying a house, filling the closets with stuff, and then spending the next 40 years paying it all off. You know... <coughs> This is what I like. This is what I like about Ayn Rand. Everyone says, oh, you know, Ayn Rand said the same thing. Oh, you read Ayn Rand? Did you hear that from Ayn Rand? No, I haven't read one damn thing from Ayn Rand. I haven't read, you know, like, oh, you know, Schumpeter said that, or this, this economist said that. I'm like, no, I haven't read. You want to know why that's a good thing? Because it means it's confirmed. It's uh, verifiable. If two people came to the exact same conclusion without even knowing each other or reading each other's shit, then you know there's a line and a logic and a reason. There's some veracity and validity there. And uh, I almost guarantee this book comes to the exact same conclusion. God damn, look at this font. I feel very inferior um, because he put way more intellectual effort in his clothes, shelter, things. He's got charts on things, tactical principles, strategic principles, decoupling and increasing complexity, complexity human capital and necessary personal assets. Our current world, <coughs> economic classifications. <coughs> gonna die, I'm gonna die. Duty, duty, do. Education and training. I'll have to read it. Do you want to read it? No. I'm there. I made it to the promised land. I don't need to read it. It's no no begrudgment upon Jacob. I just I just don't like reading. My goal in life is to uh, write more books than I read. So. Uh, all right, let's do the sponsors. Let's get that out of the way. Let me go find the sponsors first. If I could find them. Where do we go? Podcast here? No, no. It's over here. All right. Uh, hey, if you need to contact the captain directly, you could contact me through Praxi. Go to my, you know, go to your phone. 
Download the Praxy app. Look up Asshole Consultant and you'll find me. It's spelled P-R-A-X-E-Y. And uh, you can talk to the captain directly. It's $2 a minute. It's basically a 1-900 number. So if you have an emergency problem and you're willing to pay $2 a minute, uh, contact me through the Praxy app. You also may be an offer of wisdom, advice, services, tradesmen, skills, or, or some kind of thing that people are willing to pay for. Then you should get the Praxy app and offer your services as well. You go, you know, phone, iPhone, was it? There's the Google Store and then i i Store, whatever. Just get the app, Praxy, P R A X E Y. You can find it there. We got the real Mark Baxter. Go to realmarkbaxter.com. Visit our friend Mark uh, and listen to his podcast. He's growing. And he's got a pretty good podcast. He has on good. He does better than me on that. I I rarely. I would love to have guests. I just don't have the time. It's like I got to set this up. I got to do this. I'd love to have Glenn and Cameron on and talk to him about hustle. I've been meaning to do that for over a year. That man is an old wise man. You want to say, oh, Captain, who are some of the people you look up to? You know, because I'm an old fart. Well, Glenn and Cameron's an older fart to me. <laughs> But no, the, the, the reason I look up to him because he, he is wiser, he's more experienced, and the man does have hustle. That guy's got a, a niche. Hey, visit Glenn and Cameron. You can find him on YouTube and, and, and uh, Kung Fu Hustle. You can find him. Go visit him. You guys could, you, everybody would benefit from him. Anyway, Mark Baxter does a lot of interviews on his podcast, and you can visit realmarkbaxter.com, visit his podcast and his website. Uh, if you are going to do some online shopping, all the old Captain Asses that you do through his Amazon affiliate program, it's not that hard. It's not that, oh, do I got to sign up? No, you don't have to sign up. There's nothing. All you got to do is click. You got to do one extra click. So you go to my site, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. You look for the Amazon banner, which should be to the right, and you click on the Amazon banner, and that'll take you to Amazon. Uh, now, there'll be some extra code up in the URL, but that tells Amazon, oh, hey, you came from Cappy. And whatever you buy, get a 6 to 7% commission on. You don't pay any more. Uh, but if you could get into the good habit of not going directly to Amazon.com, that, I don't make no money that way. But if you go to my blog site, you can bookmark it, whatever. Uh, and then you go that way. If you're willing to take that extra click, that really helps out the old captain. And that way you keep on the, the uh, lights here. And you're not like Laura Southern. Oh, my God, Patreon canceled me. Oh, my goodness. No. And I'm like, dude, I, I, don't get, I don't get these online entrepreneurs, especially the conservative, right-leaning, libertarian ones. I just don't. You, you set up a PayPal account. You get the Amazon affiliate. There's so many affiliate programs. There's so many ways for you to make money. I, I, and then I'm like, well, do you have this? I even asked, O'Shea, O'Shea, are you listening? What does he say? Not Marlon Dixon. That's my other friend down in Nashville. What the hell does he say? Mercy Almighty, Crawfish Daddy, what the hell does he say? Oh. God damn it, I don't know what he says. It's a thing. Listen to his show. Uh, O'Shea Jackson on YouTube. Um, does, does he set up the PayPal account yet? No. Does anybody listen to old man Clary? No. Why the fuck would we listen to him? That'd be like listening to Glendon Cameron or some old wise guy that has wisdom and advice and guidance that make our lives a lot easier. Why would we listen to these old farts? Do I have to get gray pubes? I got I wonder. Do, do pubes go gray? Hang on, let's ask that question right now. I know this just took a weird turn, but you're just as curious as me. Do pubes go gray? <laughs> First thing that shows up. Do pubes go gray? The fact your pubic hair will go gray is a sure thing, but exactly when is not so clear cut. Okay, now I don't have gray pubes. 
But do I have to get gray pubes for you guys to like start listening to me? Is that what it's going to take for O'Shea Jackson to like put a fucking PayPal account on his website? Is that what it's going to take to get Laura Southern and say, oh my God, Tina, did you know that there are other ways you can take donations on the internet? There's PayPal. Oh my goodness. All the complaining and whining didn't matter for shit. You guys know that, right? I just wish... I, I know, there's a lot of things. You know what, Claire? You're going to wish a lot. And none of it's going to come true, so why get worked up about it? Just go play some Red Dead Redemption. Terrence Pop goes watch the Space Ghost. I go play Red Dead Redemption. It's the same thing. Gonorrhea! No! All right. Let's get back to focusing on the sponsors here. Uh, so anyway, go buy all your crap through my Amazon affiliate program. Everybody who is listening to me who is, quote, a blogger or a podcaster should have an Amazon affiliate program, but you guys don't listen to me. God Almighty, even the great one himself over at Cynical Libertarian Society, he even got it. I mean, now you got to go search for it. He doesn't make it easy. I guess that's success. Am I the only one on top of this mountain? Am I the only one here that I can see what's going on in the valley below and call in airstrikes? Is, am I the only one? Do X. Why? Oh, Jesus. Just All right, don't do X. Just fucking ignore me. I'll just go sit here. All right, come on. Let's go focus here again, Cleary. All right. Uh, Amazon affiliate program. You can help out. Buy your shit through with the Amazon online. And, and that is actually one of the best ways you can help me out. So if you do any online shopping, do it through my Amazon affiliate program. And that's all I ask. Uh, We got my books, Reconnaissance Man. Uh, For those of you who aren't too sure about college, you don't know whether you should be going to college or you're in college, you don't know if you should return or you have no idea what you want to do in life, why don't you do a little bit of reconnaissance first and figure out life first? Get this book. It's a very good philosophical book. It's highly rated, but my worst selling, that's the irony, is the books that have like, they're my quote best based on reviews, but they're the, the poorest selling it's a great book. Everyone should go get it. Like right now, it's available paperback, Kindle, and audiobook. What is it going to cost you guys? Well, 20 bucks, I guess, in the expense of, you know, for audio. Go get Reconnaissance, man. If, look, are you lost? Is life going the exact way you want it? Well, why don't you go get Reconnaissance, man, and tighten up the strategy a little bit? We got the Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty, obviously, for the brothers who are tuning in. Although, again, I think the brothers who are tuning in probably already on the way out of poverty. If not, they're already out of poverty. But if you happen to have a brother or sister, someone you care, happen to be of the black persuasion, get them a book, Black Man's Guide Out of Actually, I wonder, uh, you couldn't really give them that book, could you? <laughs> you get the shit kicked out of you. <laughs> Mail it to them dis- discreetly, uh, anonymously. Yeah, just like... We should do that. I should get the Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty and just quietly put it in books or libraries over in, in uh, North Minneapolis. See what happens. Little fucking white cracker. Fuck, 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 white cracker. Fuck. Yeah, those white guys tried to help you out with truth and reality. Man, those assholes. Those jerks. Uh, and then Bachelor Pad Economics, that's for anybody. Female persuasion as well. Uh, you just have to, like, you know, like the truth and not be offended at everything. Um, but that is the financial advice Bible for men. That is, that is an absolute must. So if you like the podcast, look, this podcast is me pulling shit out of my ass. All right. If you think this is good, could you imagine if I took the time to actually sculpt something and create a a work of art? Well, that'd be bachelor pad economics. So go ahead and get that. Worthless, the young person's indispensable guide to choosing the right major. That's available in paperback, Kindle and audio, as are all my books, except for black man's guide out of poverty because I am racist. 
Uh, and we have enjoy the decline, accepting and living with the death of the United States, and curse of the high IQ. Everybody who is hearing my voice should be reading that book because you are smarter than average, and I'm not saying that again to kiss your ass. I'm saying it because your life is very, very difficult, and you just don't know why yet. If you would like to make your life a lot less difficult, at minimum less confusing, get the book Curse of the High IQ. We have James DePrisco's book, The Economics of Catholic Subsidiarity. You can visit him at jamesdeprisco.com. That's spelled James DePrisco, D-E-P-R-I-S-C-O. You can find his book on Amazon.com. Uh, and if you like any of my books or anybody else's books, you can re- do the reviews. Please write a review on Amazon.com. That helps out. And as always, provide five stars to counteract the assholes that provide one because they hate my guts and they're trolls. We have Frank Servi's book, Uncle Nick, Burning the Midnight and The Bro Next Door. They're all more or less about a guy, a fictional character named Uncle Nick, who is the real-world incarnation of a man who took the red pill. He calls it like he sees it. He, he, he tells people what he thinks. He's very unpopular at dinner parties, but then he still gets laid. And young nephews and nieces... Somehow intuitively trust Uncle Nick because they know he's honest and true. So get Frank Servi's book, Uncle Nick. He also has Surviving Cubicle, Corporate Land, Surviving Cubicle Warfare. Um, that's one that I'd like to read, but he's getting James, or uh, not James, he's getting Jim Fear to read those so I can listen to him. Uh, Ron Guts, Paul Cones, of course, our former Australian friend, now in Europe, our Europhile friend. He has his two books, Ron Guts, Paul Cones, and Pushing Rubber Downhill. Adam Piggott, you can go to his site, Adam. Uh, I'm sorry, pushingrubberdownhill.com, and get his two books, listen to his podcast, and read. We're emailing back and forth, like, dude, there's like beautiful women here in Europe. I'm like, I, I don't know where you went, because <laughs> where I went there, it was, was kind of blah poo. It was like, yeah. Now, of course, I think I went to like old retirement communities. I think I went to these resort towns like Montreux, Switzerland. It was a bunch of old rich people, so maybe that's why. Annecy, I saw, I don't know, I saw a bunch of Europeans having a good time. Um, But yeah, apparently, I don't want to say the country he's in. But the countries he's in, he's got apparently like really skinny, good-looking gals. Apparently there's a Western nation where women decided not to become fat, bloated fucks. I had a... (laughs) The wife of a buddy of mine, she's my friend too. But I forgot how I got into the conversation. But you could she's she's one of these public school teachers. Um, not don't need no man fish bicycle. I wouldn't be your friend otherwise. But definitely team woman. You know, women can do no wrong. I forgot how the topic of conversation came up. But it was something like, and I said, yeah, I'm getting sick and tired of seeing fat chicks. She's like, you know, all women aren't just about physical beauty. I'm like, oh, are you going to tell me who I can fuck? And like I kept hounding her. You could just tell I was pissing her off, and the husband was getting very uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, tell me who else I should be physically attracted to. Tell me. Tell me how my years of Darwinistic evolution should be changed so that I like fat chicks. And she's like, okay, we have to go. So they left. And I say, hey, next time I see it, remind me why I should like fat chicks again. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not letting I'm not letting them up. I am not letting. When I see a stupid fucking thing like that, this woman should know better. She's damn well near 50 years old. And she's smart enough to know better. I am not letting that go. I'm not letting women just walk through thinking that this is la-la land with their fingers in the ears that men should like you for you and all these lies and bullshit. When I see, And they're going to call me on it. They're going to tell me a 42-year-old man, self-made, 
not not fucking owe nobody nothing. I owe nobody nothing. I am an empiricist, and there's these lies that have ruined generations. Men should like women who they are. And just just when they're wrong, and you got them on the ropes, you just keep bam, 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 bam. You give them a beating to remember, and they'll probably maybe it's it's my my dream, my theory. That somehow it's capable within a woman's mind to learn logic, reason, evidence, and empiricism. <clears throat> and it is. I know many women that, that are, and I love them to death. But I, I like to think it's possible for women to learn that after having all this indoctrination and bullshit and ass-kissing, of having the world line up to kiss their ass because they're female and boobs, uh, and, and as they that that as they get a little bit older and their beauty goes away and no one's kissing their ass anymore, that they're capable of learning they're, they're not just capable of only believing what they want to hear or listening to what they want to hear, but they're capable of learning and admitting that they're wrong. Because it was great. You could see just got pissed off. Her face was all pissed off. I'm like, yeah, I'm not fucking fat chicks. I'm not fucking fat chicks. Fat chicks are disgusting. They're gross. They're disgusting. I'm not fucking fat. And by the way, you're going to tell me that I should want to be physically attracted to fat chicks? Tell me how they have such great I said that. Tell me how they have such great personalities again. And they get pissed because they know they're wrong. I'm wondering if they're going to acknowledge it. You're like, oh, yeah, you know what? That was all bullshit that we were telling you so that we wouldn't have to hit the gym. We had this vain hope, this dream that we could brainwash you. Look, we got an entire generation of millennials to be questioning their gender. We thought maybe we could get you men to like fat chicks. Nobody likes fat chicks. Nobody. No one. There's chubby chasers. Shut the fuck up, you 2% weirdos. Nobody likes fat chicks. Nobody likes fat dudes. Nobody. But since I don't ever hear a guy, you should like me for my personality. And not, not one man has ever uttered that. Not one. And something is plain and painfully obvious. Something is disgusting as fat women. You know, like, it's the scourge. It's like looking at horrible architecture. It's not pretty to look at. It is a negative externality. Obese people are a negative externality to the rest of us who actually stay the fuck in shape. And to sit there, you're still going to defend it. You're still going to defend it. Really? No, we're just going to keep landing punches because you're not blocking until you get it into your fucking head. Uh, anyway, go get Frank Servi's book, spelled C-E-R-V-I, Frank Servi, on Amazon.com. Oh, and uh, I, I, we already talked about that. We're talking about Adam Piggott. Adam was pointing out that there were some skinny and attractive women in the country he's in, in Europe. And I am surprised to find out that there is a Western nation where women haven't gotten grotes- grotesquely obese. I am, I'm actually surprised. Uh, we got Marty Andrade's book. Look up Marty Andrade on Amazon.com. You can buy his book, uh, D.B. Cooper. And Nix's Guide to the Multiverse. That's my favorite. We have The Pericles Conspiracy by Michael Kingswood. Michael Kingswood, sorry. Uh, uh, These are all available in paperback and Kindle, by the way. Um, And he also has a series of books called The Glimmervale Chronicles. The Pericles Conspiracy is science fiction. And it is the only science fiction book written by a non-communist science fiction writer. Uh, Michael Kingswood is the only non-communist science fiction author out there. And so if you would like to read a book that doesn't have sermoning or lecturing or I know more than you because I write about funny things that happen in Space Odyssey, 
uh, Star Trek, <clears throat> then uh, maybe get the Pericles Conspiracy. But if you like uh, fantasy fiction, get his Glimmervale Chronicles, of which I think there's 18 books. I'm kidding. I think there's like four or five. Um, but he should be coming out with one. It's been, what, three weeks, Michael? Shouldn't you have another like 800-page book churned out by now? And we get Kerry Lutz's book, Viral Podcasting. Um, you can visit him at financialsurvivalnetwork.com. But if you want to become a podcaster, get the book, Viral Podcasting. Available on paperback, I think, and Kindle. And he is slowly but surely recording his own book. He does have a nice voice. I admit, Kerry Lutz does have a very good, deep voice. Uh, kind of Kerry Grantish without the Scottish accent, New York uh, Jew accent. Eh, not that even, not that heavily of an accent. He's just got that nice... Nice voice, you know, a heavier voice. I don't know if it's available in uh, audiobook, but it will be soon. Uh, outstanding. Time for the news. Now, listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? All right, I've, I've been getting a couple of responses or requests for this, and this is the shooting of Justine Diamond or Damond by Muhammad Noor. Uh, and I'm sure if you know, if you don't know it, I'll. I'll Describe it for the few of you who, who don't know what's going on. But basically, there's this Somali immigrant turned cop in Minneapolis who, in all likelihood, was expedited through the uh, hiring process because our mayor, well, not my mayor, but Minneapolis's mayor, Betsy Hodges, just can't suck enough minority or female dick slash vagina. Um, it's potentially the case of the worst outcome of affirmative action where someone who is improperly trained or is simply not the best. This is where you abandon meritocracy and you become a bigot, a racist or, or a sexist, where the color of your skin overrides the content of your character. And so that's what it's all. So this this guy, uh, Mohammed Noor, shot a gal named Justine Damon, uh, who is from Australia. She's a 40-something-year-old single mom, yoga, uh, touchy-feely teacher, instructor, visionary fraud, basically, is all I can say. And here's, I'm just going to explain, this is my general policy for all police shootings that make the news. And now there's probably been 10 shootings now where police killed somebody, but you don't hear it because it ain't a white chick from Australia or a Somali and the political ramifications that come with that. I am going to, I don't get excited or worked up about police shootings. I just don't. And the reason why is I actually have more faith in the judicial system than I do armchair speculators and all the idiots of the internet. And so, like, for example, we had a more recent shoot, or not a more recent shooting, but the more the, the second most recent shooting was, um, uh, what was his name? It was over in St. Anthony, which is a suburb of St. Paul, but a, a cop shot this black guy uh, dead, and there was video that his, he said he had to carry conceal. Castile, Fernando, Fernando Castile. I think that was his name. Uh, and by all initial observations, this guy was a law-abiding citizen, Kerry uh, Castile, pyramid holder. Blah blah blah. Got shot, and even people on the right, like, "Hey, whoa, something's going on, man." And uh, then the cop, who I forget his name, it was a Hispanic dude, so don't blame Whitey. Uh, the jury found him innocent. And what my logical, empirical mind says is, all right, you know what? The prosecution and the defense in all these cases are going to bring the most amount of evidence 
and make the most amount of arguments, both for and against, charges being brought against cops uh, illegally shooting people. And I'm going to have more faith in the jury than Monday morning quarterbackers or theoreticians or editorials or people with opinions on the internet because they're the ones with the most amount of evidence. They sit there for weeks, weeks, hearing the pros and the cons and the argument. This is what the judicial system is for, to make sure that there's, there's uh, innocence is, is not punished and, and guilt is punished. But I'm not, I don't say anything about these shootings because we don't know anything. Uh, it's stupid and a waste of time to say things about it. And frankly, I, you know, if, if, we're, if you want my opinion on it now, I don't know. who. To, there's no siding with. I'm going to let this fact speak for themselves. But I could totally see. Now, you got to understand this gal, if you look at her background, you know, it's two leftist backgrounds. You got the affirmative action hire uh, where he was just passed through. And then you got some hippy dippy dipshit. She was shot in Arden Hills, which is like the leftist old fart baby boomer retirement trust fund baby community, where they're all teachers and painters and and oh wow, we just opened up a coffee shop and a bead store, man, and like seventy. All right, that's the and it's rich. It's very rich, <clears throat> lots of money. It wouldn't surprise me that Miss Australia didn't know some standard behaviors here in the United States was high on pot, startled the guy, acted threatening, and this guy was totally within his right to shoot her. It also wouldn't surprise me if this is an ill-trained affirmative action hire, uh, which would now open up a lawsuit to the Minneapolis Police Department. Right? We, we don't know. I will tell you this, and this is the only interesting thing I want to add to it that no one else has added to this discussion so far, because everybody's focusing on the race and ethnicity of both the, the shooter and the victim. And that is, if it is proven that uh, Mr. Officer Noor was at fault, was ill-trained, blah, 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 not only does it open up Minneapolis to a huge lawsuit, but it now attaches a financial cost to affirmative action hiring when you put important people. Look, you hire your CSR director to be a black, gay, transphobic, uh, transgender, lesbian, Guatemalan uh, for your CSR department, <clears throat> there's no cost or consequences there. You have a doctor or a cop or a real job where these people have real responsibilities. Uh, now there are costs and consequences in this particular case, death. However, further adding insight you're not going to get anywhere else because I'm a fucking genius and I look down this a little bit. Um, if the profile of Miss Damon, the uh, hippy-dippy, go-to-find-yourself-yoga hippie babe in Arden Hills, trust fund, spoiled, rotten, baby boomer brat. If that is the case, uh, her family, especially if they're in Arden Hills, are most certainly guaranteed to be leftists, and they worship at the altar of socialism and leftism, included of which one of its main tenets is diversity and affirmative action. And I almost guarantee you, what was the name of the gal? Um, it's going to be one of these moments where they're going to have to, the, the husband or fiancé, the guy that she was married to, that family is going to have to face a choice. Sue the Minneapolis Police Department for wrongful hiring or, or, or incompetence or whatever, which means they are publicly against affirmative action and this aspect of socialism. Or they're going to have to realize and, and admit, 
oh my god, if we did that, that would mean we're against diversity. And we don't want to be racist. And never underestimate the power of leftist uh, uh, socialism as a religion. These people, I predict, will not bring a lawsuit against Minneapolis, but will rather forgive and be understanding because their love for socialism, their love for ideology, their love for virtue signaling, and, and, and their magnanimous show of how understanding and tolerant we are, are just going to be like the Swedes. They would rather suffer rape and death than admit that affirmative action is wrong and has costs and consequences. And it's going to be like, hang on, there's a gal. Let me find it. Girl killed Africa. Parents forgive. There was a gal, young little. Amy Beal. This is the one. Amy Beal was a... um, she was the parents of uh, the daughter of worthless hippie parents. She went to Africa to help the poor because you know Whitey's just going to solve all the problems over there. Uh, slash, she wants to take a vacation and make it seem like she's being helping the poor. Uh, and then she got murdered, 1999. And then the parents magnanimously forgave the the village. They went to the village and forgave them all for murdering their daughter. Uh, because they love their ideology, their ego is more important than the life of their own daughter. And I think this will be the case of the guy who was engaged to the corpse, um, <laughs> Justine Damon. I think that family quote, uh, especially if she's hippy-dippy and into alternative medicine and finding your inner channeling peace, man, I think that they love their ideology and the religion of leftism more than they do the life of their own. And so this death, they're not going to sue the Minneapolis Police Department, even though they have every right. I think even the good news is the uh, police chief, who's a lesbian and was only hired because she's a lesbian, not because she's a good cop. She stepped down, which I think that's like the first real thing. It's kind of sad. You know, it is kind of sad because I know, obviously, gay and minority, uh, non-gender binary. I I know a lot of not white males. And they're hardworking, honest, true people, you know. And they're excellent. They're 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 the best in their field. Like the talented Mr. Lee is the best architect I know. But if this affirmative action stuff becomes standard, the the true people who are excellent, who just happen to not be whites or males, are always going to be second guessed and judged. They'll never know. Like right now, I'll tell you right now, my hero, my personal, like who's probably the best, like if I look at a guy like, holy shit, that's the guy I want to be, his name is Vince Jameson. And uh, I, you guys don't know him or anything like that, but this guy was a Marine, he served in Iraq, he was a bouncer at a nightclub I went to, we didn't know each other at the same time, but it was back in the 90s, like holy shit, I bounced, I'm like, oh really, you did, like yeah, uh, but he's also a Chicago cop, this dude gets a lot of training, he works out. All right, now you know that is the best man for the job to do. You know, like if I had like, ah, you got to pick your team, Clary. World War Three is coming. Pick your team. Vince Jameson is the first motherfucker I'm going to pick before anybody else kick, uh, picks him for kickball. Uh, but, you know, does he know? Does he know he's the best guy or the best cop out there or the best Marine or the best dude, whatever, because he's playing, I, I think he's smart enough to know and he, he has enough confidence that he knows that. But uh, that's a problem that all this affirmative action bullshit now forces upon true, honest, meritocratic 
minorities and females who want to become the best. Now, this gal who was the, uh, she was, she was, she was fat, she was overweight, and I'm sorry, ladies, you don't make good cops. I've, I've met a couple gals that make okay cops, okay cops. You can't run as fast, you can't fight as good, you're not as strong. But I know, working in different police departments and security and all that, there have been some damn good, and I love them to death. Uh, but you know what? Every other time, if I if I had a choice, I'd rather have Tegantford on my side. I I'd rather have Rivers. <laughs> I'd rather have I'd rather have Lee. I'd rather have some dude on my side if I had to like go and like you know riot or whatever and actually have to do something. Uh, but you're you're not doing minorities any favors by constantly sucking their dicks and licking their vaginas. You're not now. Some of them, they are, like the, the low lives, the ones who are like, yeah, affirmative action all the way, give me free shit, lower my standards, just make me a cop, whatever, give me my fucking gun. They, they, they don't care. But I'm talking about the honest and true, the real humans, the real men and women who want to achieve and become the best. But now that we are, well, not we, the left is tripping over itself, the government is tripping over itself to make it seem like, oh, we're not racist. We're not, like, think about this. Walter E. Williams and, and, and uh, Thomas Sawell. They are the greatest economists of our time. And yeah, Milton Freeman and the two, but he, I think he's, he's dead. Well, I don't think he's dead. He is dead. Uh, but, you know, and even those guys are old farts. And so what, Schiff and Schiller maybe are going to replace them? Or they're like kind of the, the, the next. You got to wonder, like, towards the end, like, hey, am I really the best? Or is it because I'm the only black conservative? Or I'm the only black non-leftist? I wonder if they, if they kind of second-guessed themselves when it was painfully obvious they were the best economists of their time. They just happened to be black. Anyway, uh, getting back to the Justine Damon thing. No, I'm, I, I have no, I have no, nothing really to say about it. All I can do is speculate if it goes this way. I'm curious about the socio-political legal ramifications as to whether or not the husband is going to sue him, or if he's going to be like every leftist who loves their religion more than they do their their loved ones, uh, which you leftists have got to really think about because if your, quote, husband or wife loves leftism more than they love you. Well, wh where does that put you? Um, I'm, I'm going to bet that if it turns out Officer Noor uh, was incompetent and, and passed along, I don't think he'll get, I don't think he, he doesn't, I don't think he deserves to, uh, well, we'll find out. We don't know. Uh, but the city is certainly open to a huge lawsuit. But I don't think, I don't think, leftists don't sue each other. They don't. They, they, they circle the bandwagon. They uh, they protect they protect scum, and so this guy will probably let you know if if it were to go that way. I predict the husband will be the ultimate cuck and let this immigrant uh, kill his wife, murder his wife. That's why I'm predicting. Now again, it could be that Officer Noor was completely in the right and hippy dippy shitty babe was over on some drugs or something like that. Uh, we'll see. But in general. In general, it's all speculation. There's no point to talk about it. Um, let's do some more news. Now, listen, man. I like the news. You guys like the news? From Zero Hedge, another reason men don't work. Imaginary world more enjoyable than the real world. President Trump, like President Obama before him, point out the low unemployment rate as a measure of success. What they don't point out are the masses of people on welfare via fraudulent disabilities, people in school wasting money and dead-end retraining exercises, people who have simply given up looking for a job, and people in forced retirement needing Social Security payments to survive. 
A team of researchers from Princeton. My God, the University of Chicago. My God, and the University of Rochester. Did you guys, did you academians actually go and do some fucking important shit? Did you actually help out the taxpayer by highlighting how they're getting screwed over? Next thing you know, women will start losing weight. What the hell's going on? Cats and dogs living it together. Mass hysteria. Discusses another class of individuals who are not working but are not counted as unemployed. People, primarily young men who are addicted to games. <laughs> For such individuals, games provide a fantasy world that is far more enjoyable than the real world. Well, yeah. Like, I look, I got a love-hate relationship with the MGTOW community. Not the Virgin Tell community, the MGTOW community. I totally understand why you check out. I completely understand. Um, but if you never tried in the first place in your virgin town and you, you, you know, but I could totally see where it's like, okay, you know, people, you all make fun of people playing video games. What do you think reading books is? What do you think reading fiction is? That's escape. At least the video game, you're more participatory in it. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not begrudging people playing their video games because yeah, you know what? I love getting lost and playing Skyrim. I love getting lost and playing Red Dead Redemption. Not that I actually think I'm this guy playing Red Dead Redemption, like, oh, I'm shooting all these bad guys. But it turns my brain off, and it makes me forget about the fucking spectacular world uh, you leftists have voted in. I, I don't worry about the national debt. <clears throat> I don't worry about illegal aliens. I don't worry about foreigners immigrating here. They have zero fucks to give about the future or and totally want to ass rape people because of their gender or race. I don't care. I just, like, I get to ride, ride a horsey and shoot some cougars. And play some poker over at Blackwater. You guys think I couldn't be nerdy. So yeah, I get it. I totally understand. And I'll have a spin on this later. But I know we're about to berate young men for playing video games and not hitting the gym. Which they deserve. But hear me out. Please consider the report on leisure luxuries and the labor supply of young men. Between 2000 and 2015, market hours work... Worked fell by 203 hours per year, 12% for young. That, that's significant. You usually only work about 2,000 hours a year. Uh, that's your average nine to five. So market hours worked fell by 203 hours per year, 12% for younger men ages 21 to 30, compared to a decline of only 163 hours per year, 8% for men's ages 31 to 55. These declines started prior to the Great Recession, accelerated sharply during the recession, and have rebounded only modestly since. We use a variety of data sources to, mock, to document that the hours decline was particularly pronounced for younger men. Not only have hours fallen, but there is a larger growing segment of this population that appears detached from the labor market. 15% of younger men, excluding full-time students, worked zero weeks over the prior year as of 2016. The 15%. The comparable number in 2000 was only 8%. So the amount of people just stand at home playing video games has doubled. A natural question is how these younger men support themselves given the decline in earnings. Well, didn't women vote in a bunch of government programs that make it perfectly and socially acceptable to stay at home and live at mom and be parasitic? Women voted in socialism and the Democrat Party. You women reward financially sloth, lethargy, laziness, and not to mention, you punish success, which means jobs go away when you punish successful companies. A natural question is how these younger men support themselves given their decline in earnings. We documented that 67% of non-employed younger men lived with a parent or close relative 
in 2015 compared to 46 percent in 2000 my god 60 i you know back in the 90s i thought all my friends who lived at home and collected a check from their parents were fucking pussies and they were compared to me they were let's just admit it were you a real man did you support yourself i didn't i knew very few people who like yeah i pay my own way and i support myself no they're all a bunch of dick suckers they're all a bunch of mommy and daddy pay my mommy daddy we didn't have cell phone bills, but like that was a big thing. It's like, well, he, he, I'm an independent woman, but my dad pays for my car and my insurance. I'm like, well, that's pretty fucking big, don't you think? It's not really independent. Now two-thirds of you assholes live at home. <laughs> I can't blame you, though. I can't blame you. Compared to 46% in 2000. So like half the, the pussies were living at home in 2000, so I was already... Did I own a house? Yeah, I owned a house back then. I was 24 and I owned a house by that time. And half my peers are still living at home. But you know what? I wasn't the cool hip dude, you know? Girls just couldn't date me. No, I don't. Okay, they would, but I had to go through other means. I'm the cool dance instructor guy. Hey, I'll make you look hot on the dance floor and get you all the attentions and drive your adrenaline and your endorphins up to the point with a little bit of booze, you'll suck my dick over in my basement apartment later on that night over down on the Minneapolis Parkway. And it happened. One avenue to gauge how younger men perceive their fortunes is to use survey data on happiness. In this spirit, we complement the patterns in hours, wages, and consumption with data in life satisfaction. From the general social survey, we find that younger men reported increased happiness during the 2000s. Well, yeah, because the economy was booming. Despite stagnant wages, declining unemployment rates, and increased propensity to live with parents and relatives. This contrasts sharply with older men whose satisfaction clearly fell, tracking their decline in employment. Well, yeah, when mumsy and dadsy pay for everything you know yeah i'd be happy all right and then basically there's just a bunch of charts showing younger men based on employment rate market hours not working at all real hourly wage really is it that wait real hourly wage oh it's indexed okay never mind young man older men men i said uh it's just showing men just giving up. The younger you get, the more men are giving. Look, okay. Kind of like with Steve King, I had to do this uh, video response. Steve King is basically Australia's Mark Krugman. Uh, and he wears a, a leather jacket, if you didn't know, because he's cool. Someone had me do uh, an analysis of his explanation why running government surpluses and having balanced budgets is a bad thing. And we should just run deficits on into... Infinity, and I'm still waiting for him and Mike Norman to provide a counter video explaining why I'm wrong, of which I'm waiting for to this day because I truly want... Look, if we could find a way to print off money and run deficits forever and there's no costs or consequences, please let me know. That will completely revolutionize my thought in economics. But until that point in time, I'm a real man with a real dick who lives in the real world, and I, I'm, I'm going to bet that you guys are doing political hokey pokey. And you turn yourselves around. And that's how we get fucked in the ass. They're not gay. They just act gay. Um, Where was I going with this? Oh, shit. I was keen. Oh, that's where I was going. So, Dr. Professor, if you put that in huge air quotes, keen was coming up with this convoluted explanation as to why we can... And, you know, the problem with economics is it's gotten too big for its britches. It's grown beyond what it can functionally 
provide value for. And like most of the liberal arts, they've turned it into this wickedly complex honeycomb of unnecessary, complicated, ultimately irrelevant and non-pertinent concepts, theories, and studies and disciplines. And so they come up with these wild, well, there's producer surplus and there's the Phillips curves and all this other shit that ultimately doesn't matter. In the long run, it all goes away. Like none of these correlations hold. And it, and basically economics boils down to let people fucking keep their goddamn money, let people specialize, get the fucking government in, out of our fucking way. That's basically what all economics boils down to. It's not more complicated than that. But for these academians, these theoreticians to like make it look like they have jobs and they're real professionals, they got to come up with completely fabricated, complicated excuses and reasonings and theories and philosophies uh, that further remove the discipline from reality. And so this is the other, like, here's what it boils down to. I'm going to explain why men are giving up. There are no jobs, you punish success, and women are fat. That's it. Women are fat and unattractive. They're tatted up, they got lip, they got attitude, and no guy wants to fuck them. And I know it pisses off all you social scientists with your fake degrees and your fake disciplines and your fake professions to think that your entire profession could be boiled down to men don't want to fuck fat chicks, but that's basically it. Men don't want to fuck fat chicks. And since the government has taken a larger role and paid women to sit on their asses and bail them out of their mistakes and spit out as many kids as they want and they could go fuck the alpha guy and he'll leave them and they'll spit out some kids, what incentive do men have to work. You do know what incentivizes men. You do know, right? Bartenders know. Nightclubs know. It's sex. But it's not sex with fat hogs. And since not only <clears throat> have women gotten fatter, but they've become way more cuntier and bitchier, happily putting career before family, friends, loved ones, husband, children, anything else, why the fuck would... I mean... Look, it doesn't take a lot. There's a huge hurdle a young man must go through if he's going to be successful with women. And I mean really successful, like you're banging a lot of chicks. And that is you have to become accustomed to rejection. You have to just, that's that's the way that one went. You just got to be a salesman. You know, keep going, fuck off, asshole, I don't want your shit. Fuck off, asshole, I don't want your shit. Fuck it. And you got to ignore it. Got to ignore it. Got to ignore it. Got to go to the next sale. Um, That... Very few men get past that hurdle. Very few men even approach it. There was this one guy I was listening to. He he was very shy. He met this girl uh, in a ballroom class, and he didn't, oh, I don't know if I should. Blah, blah. And that's most guys. Most guys are shy. Most guys don't want to insult you, ladies. Most guys don't want to bother you, uh, but they really kind of like you. They see you. They say, well, she's kind of cute. I'd like to have sex with that. Uh, but you might have said something or done something. Well, I, I kind of like her on a personal level, too. And for the guy to build up the courage and to put his entire ego and emotion and pride on the line, for you to say, fuck off, die, asshole, that takes a lot for most men. And most men will not charge that beach. They won't breach that approach. But some men do. Some men actually, you know, they, they, they become inured to the rejection. And that's fewer and fewer because, look, after a while, you raise pansified little boys without their fathers and the mothers kissing their asses and government checks and then you 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 turn up the bitch level on women to a thousand 
Do you think these emasculated young boys, who, if they were normal boys, would already be somewhat intimidated about approaching a woman, and you got your bitch shields up and your attitude, do you think they're going to ask you out? You think they're going to they're gonna approach you? You think they're going to risk rejection? You know what? No. Playing Skyrim is a lot more fun. Believing in your own mind that you're, uh, uh, what's his name, Marston, John Marston in Red Dead Redemption is a lot more fun. And they could just go jerk off to porn. They really don't need you sexually. And therefore, they don't need to participate in the labor market. They don't have to have the fancy car. They don't got to go make their six figs. They don't got to go to the nightclub. And hell, a lot of them aren't even going on Tinder anymore. And you know what happens when you don't have a woman or children in your life? You can get by real dirt cheap living at home with your parents. I'll say it again because I like saying the truth multiple times because it pisses all the right people off. Men are the engine of economic growth in society. That's just not to say that women don't contribute and women don't play a vital role. They do. They play a great supportive role back in the olden days they did. And today and in the past, women have also contributed to the economy. There are certainly female engineers and female accountants and uh, female doctors. There's absolutely contribution. But the vast majority of all of human advancement and this is one thing universal about across all cultures and civilization, is men are the ones that create and produce the fucking shit. And what incentivizes us is skinny hot chicks we like to fuck. And if you make it, well, one, a great deterrent and a disincentive to approach it because you're fat and you're ugly and you're tatted up and you shaved your fucking head. Or when a guy approaches you and you're like just being a cunt on a level 10,000. The digital media and the alternative reality, the matrix becomes much more attractive. I could totally see where men go MGTOW. I could totally see it. I could totally see, you know, and and I'm old, you know, I'm getting old, but you know, testosterone is going down, your sex drive goes down, it's kind of liberating. But like if the girlfriend ever left or were unfortunately, heaven, heaven forbid, pass away, I don't know if I'd go back. I don't know if I would go ask a girl out. I don't know if I'd chase girls again. I think I would just hop on my motorcycle and probably sell the house and go ride my motorcycle across the world forever. I don't think I'd stop. I'd just be this perpetual nomad. And I wouldn't stop at a nightclub or a bar. Maybe I'd stop in Amsterdam and pay a couple hundred bucks for a a, a disease-free whore. But there's no, there's no going back. There's no asking you girls out. There's no chase. I remember many years ago, I would do nice things. You know, I'd get the flowers. I'd come up with a crafty little poem. You know, stupid little trinkety shit. That, that, that ends. That's not going to happen. That's just not going to happen. And sadly, ladies, whether you realize it or not, men don't need that much to survive. I think Stephen Molyneux calculated it's like 120th. A man needs a fifth of what a woman and children need to survive. And so since men only need a fifth to survive, not to mention you women have done great job voting in leftist socialist Democrats and indoctrinating children in the leftist public schools because Democrats always know what's right and we just we just care about the children. You have indoctrinated kids into parasitism, sloth, and laziness so that they're perfectly all right living at home. The, the the real reason men are participating is because you women give them no fucking reason to. 
The number one reason for a man to exist is a woman. At least I'm honest enough to admit that. But holy shit, look at the slop you girls serve up. Just fat, tatted up, used whores. And not even whores. I mean, that would indicate like he actually likes it. You just... Oh, and the attitudes and leftism and social, you're, you're worthless. You're complete. You're worse than worthless. You're, you're, you're damaging. You're threatening. Now, again, I, everybody knows a great gal, and I, I know many great, wonderful women. Of course, I have a girlfriend and all that, and I know many friends who are great, and they make wonderful girlfriends or wives if some guy would find them. But we're not talking my elite group of friends that I personally have screened over these past 40 years. We're talking the average crap. You see, I was in Galena, Illinois this past weekend. Uh, took the girlfriend down because I'm an evil guy on this beautiful motorcycle ride down the Mississippi River. Went to Galena. Nice old. Wake up the next morning. Start walking around. I look and I'm like, God damn it, people. What the hell? Just a bunch of fat white people. Just a bunch of land whales. I don't know if they came in from Iowa or what, but it was just a bunch of fat people. And I'm like looking at this husband-wife couple and I'm, I'm like really like, how do you have sex? How? Both of your guts are in the way. How the fuck do you penetrate her encrusted vagina? What the fuck? And, and shame on both of you. Especially the women. They were fatter than the men. Although men nationally weigh more than women uh, obesity-wise. I, I was just like, what, what? You know, fuck you. Fuck you, women. You're not going to stay in physical shape? Fuck you. You damn well know that's what men want. You can't, and it takes effort. I know, I know. To achieve success in life takes effort. Beauty, work, financial success, happiness takes work. And you girls can't even stay fucking trim for, quote, the love of your life, the most important person in, in, in your life. And we all know why you women get fat, why men get fat too, is you love yourself and your food more than you do your spouse. But... But it's women aren't were never the engines of economic growth. They were never the the founders and builders and creators and innovators of civilization. They got hired as hangmeons and a, as a footnote to like the yahoos of the world. They never founded this shit. There were no Steve Jobs or or uh, Bill Gateses or, or Carnegies or J.P. Morgans. It's built. Then you take. Oh, I gotta drive the ship for a while. Toot toot! I crashed into an iceberg. Give me a hundred eighty-six million dollar payout. I'm Marissa Mayer. Yay! You want you want men? You and, and I love it on the right. See, the right doesn't have the balls to say what I do. Well, let's. Oh, we gotta lower taxes. And oh, we gotta get men inspired to work again. Ah, meanwhile, uh, none of the Republican parents will discipline their children, turning their young men into men and your young women into women. But certainly none of you have the balls to say fat women are killing the economy like I have. What's brilliant is it's true. It's 100% right. Like, I don't care how politically incorrect it is because it's true. Fat women are killing the economy. I I don't, I mean, really, do you think, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I'm not raising a finger to go protect this country. Not at all. Not at all, let alone work hard. The only reason I'm going to work hard is because I make money personally. It's for my own personal benefit. But in the day, back in the olden days, a man would have had a loyal wife with some kids to support and would have had a greater incentive to work. Now you women have taken that off the table because we can't find your vagina because your gullet hangs over your fucking vag. 
we don't know if it's your knee. You know, it looks like you got three knees. It's like, well, there's your right knee, your left knee, and what's the third knee in the middle? Oh, that's your gut hanging down that low. Look, you want to boost the economy, make women hot again. Wake, make women skinny and thin again. Uh, and you girls better, like, get with the fucking sex, too. You, you don't, don't, don't like, man, I don't like sex. Oh, too bad you don't like sex. Oh, that's too fucking bad. Too fucking bad for you. You better learn to like it. I, I know you girls have your government checks, and this is completely moot and pointless. You're getting your money anyway. You don't need a man. You got, you got essentially a, a government check dildo to satiate you financially. But don't don't tell me, oh, why can't I find a man? And then you guys are wondering, oh, you could serve it. Why, why are men's labor? Why are men taking? Why aren't they participating? Why aren't they working hard? I don't know. Fat chicks don't inspire us. Uh, leftist feminist cunty women don't don't make me want to work hard to pay more in taxes that my wife jacks up my taxes for. Oh, basically, here's what you're seeing, ladies: is you're seeing the loosening grip of the power of the pussy. Men working less means that your pussy has less control over them. You could inspire men to great. You could inspire us to go kill other men with the power of the pussy. But now, and God bless him, even though I have my disagreements with MGTOW, hmm, well, what was it? There was this kid. He, he went and shot some other poor guy because he didn't know uh, this guy wouldn't tell him where this guy's ex-girlfriend was and he shot him because he was, that's the power of a pussy. Uh, but most other guys are just playing video games and jerking off to porn. And, and you know what? Thank God, because then you girls don't have to have sex. That nasty, nasty, gross sex. And you just get your government check, and then you have your children's, and you're just so happy because you have your family. I'm a, I'm a pre-built family. I'm a pre-made family. And you get your government, give me that. So fuck, you don't need men. And you know what? Men don't need you, society. That's why they're dropping out. So I, I just wonder truthfully. All right, let's. Uh, poor Richard's retirement. Uh, retirement for the Everyday American. That's available on paperback, Kindle, and audio. Please get that if you don't have enough saved up for retirement. See, I don't have enough saved up for retirement. Well, yeah, then then that book is for you. Uh, Asshole Consulting. You guys know that. You guys can go to Asshole Consulting if you got questions and money. Send me your questions. Send me your money. The old captain will take care of you. If you'd like to advertise on the podcast, you can. $100 a month. Let the old captain know. Uh, end of the month is coming up. I have to renew all the sponsors elkincpa.com if you're looking for an accountant go to our good friend chad elkins at elkincpa.com we have the league of extraordinary podcasters when you're done listening to me you can listen to 405media.com obsidian radio he's on youtube financial survival network that's carrie lutz canto talk our good buddy silvio canto c-a-n-t-o canto talk you can find him on uh blog talk radio we have o'shea jackson on youtube you know what that's what i'm gonna do I'm going to download a bunch of fucking O'Shea. I'm going to go put on my walking sandals. And I'm just going to go walk around my town and listen to O'Shea. It's a beautiful day. Very dry. Only like 72 degrees. Put on my hat and listen to O'Shea. We have Tom Likas at blowmeuptom.com. St. Likas. Uh, Cynical Libertarian Society, the great one himself. Tune into him at SinLibSoch. It's the abbreviations for Cynical Libertarian Society. SinLibSoch. And Mitch Berg, Uncle Mitch, the Uncle Mitch who did not commit suicide because Uncle Mitch Berg is a better man. Uh, You can tune in to him at 12 a.m. The Patriot. 
And uh, I don't know if that guy has ever plugged me. Mitch, have you ever plugged me yet? I plugged the hell out of your True Liberty book, but that's because it was good, too. It was a damn good book, um, of which you guys can find on uh, paperback and Kindle. Mitch Berg, True Liberty, um, but it's T-R-U-L-B-T, or L-R-B-T, True Liberty, L-B-R-T. Academiccomposition.com. Go there if you're looking to have people do your homework or have somebody write your resume. Also, if you are interested in writing people's papers for money, doing some marketing, you're looking for a job you can do from home, contact Alex at academiccomposition.com. Jimfear138.blogspot.com. Check out our good friend Jim Fear at jimfear138blogspot.com. Check out my sites at gabandminds.com. Uh, we have my classes, the analysis and evaluation of stocks, stocks, bonds, investing. Oh, my. Look them up online. Sign up, be nice, don't curse, don't swear, no politics. If you do take the class, I have my Betterment affiliate program. <clears throat> and then we have my two books, Captain Capitalism, Top Shelf, and Captain Capitalism Reserved. Now listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? From, how do I pronounce this? Audacious Epigony? Epigon? It's spelled E-P-I-G-O-N-E. Uh, the website is An epijohn.blogspot.com posted April 26, 2017 <clears throat> average IQ of college graduates by decade of graduation the mean IQ scores converted from GSS word sum results assuming a national average of 98 and a standard deviation of 19, uh, 15 of those who tend to is 98 I thought they always based the IQ back to 100 like 100 was always the mean they did that for indexing purposes Okay, I guess the average IQ is 98 because we have a bunch of fucking idiots we're letting in from third world nations. Of those who attended college for at least four years by the decade they graduated, sample size is 5,124, though N in the 2010s only had 49. It should be seen as merely suggest suggestive. The trend is clear regardless. Okay, so what is those who graduated from college, what were their IQs? The average IQ in the 1960s. You guys ready for this? 1960s, the IQ was 112. That's almost a full standard deviation above the mean. Uh, certainly, well, it is a full standard deviation if 98 is the mean. I thought it was 100. The 1970s, baby boomers are entering, you know. Dude, man, like free love and Woodstock, man. Oh, the Doors, man, and the Steve Miller band, man. Like, man, man. Those fucking dipshits. IQ, down to 109. Four whole point drop. 1980s, you know, younger boomers. Like, dude, man, I want to be like like my older brother, man, but I'm going to like become a corporate douchebag and, and, and be like Michael Milken, man. Actually, the late 70s and early 80s really kicked the shit out of the baby boomers. They actually grew the fuck up. It was great. I even remember that. Uh, 106, 1990s, when I went to college, 103. 2000s, 103. Oh, I'm sorry. 1990s, 104 if you round up. 2003, and now the 2010s, although we're well past that, uh, 100. The average, you're not, you're not special. You're not special. I know so many people, especially in the left, but, but young people in general who go to college. I have a college degree. Like your college degree is the number one thing in your life. So what? It means that college is now officially high school. The average person graduates from college. You're nothing special. You're dumb. You just pissed away four years of your life and Lord knows how much intuition to be normal. 
Honestly, I, I'm not joking. Very smart people would say, you didn't go to college? All right, what did you do? Oh, you took some programming classes? You, did, you know what? I'm going to hire you anyway because you're smarter than average. Oh, there'd be, if, there was a, if the ABET would come up with a way to accredit college programs, with a, hang on, you know, that might be an idea. Hang on, the old captain's going to write down his idea. ABET. There was that dipshit Latino in uh, California. He was a chancellor of California's community college, and he says we should get rid of algebra because people can't pass it, and it's a civil rights issue. It's like, yeah, okay, all right, whatever. I, I, I don't know why Latino countries just suck balls and everyone wants to move here. I just don't know why. Oh, maybe because it's like you insist on standards being lowered. I know, I know this guy Ortiz. He, he's academia and I know there's hard work. Don't get pissed off at them. I know you're hardworking. But for fuck's sake, the the y- you wonder why some countries don't do as well. Maybe if your leaders are telling you we should get rid of algebra because it's a civil rights issue. And you lower the standards, I wonder if production will happen. I wonder if success and, and excellence will ever be achieved. Huh. And now you're not smart. That's what it tells you. When you go to college, you're not smart. You're not smart. Uh, the change in the intelligence of the average college graduate over the last 50 years approaches the IQ gap separating whites and blacks. This is an inevitable consequence of increasing the share of the population that attends college. In the 60s, 10% of American adults had college degrees. Since then, that figure has more than tripled to 33% today. Yeah, and that includes all the old-timers who don't have it. Like, what if the baby boomers start dying off? You know, most of which, I guess, don't have college degrees. Uh, I mean, what percent of, I guess a better measure would be what percent of the non-baby boomer population has degrees. I wouldn't be surprised if it was 60 or 70%. Oh, you're just so educated. You're just so smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-T. <clears throat> to say we're well into the territory of diminishing returns is understate the problem. We're past the point of negative returns. Most Americans in college today are not benefiting from being there. They're foregoing work to accrue debt for degrees that, if they increase earning power at all, do so only marginally, and they're picking up an unhelpful sense of entitlement in the process. Outstanding. Who is this guy? I may have to link to him. Validating secular theocracy. Are right, he's current? A um, lot of data. I like that. I like lots of data. Wait, is that all he's got posted? All right. You know what? Let me add that to the to-do list. We'll put this guy in here. Oh, look at this. Yeah, he's charting data by millennials, baby boomers. What's this chart? Uh, net personal wealth by generational cohort. Millennials, 50% have less than 20,000. Only 5% have 250. Who has 250,000? Oh, that's right. We're spoiled cunts. Gen Xers, they're kind of across the board. Very few have over a million dollars in assets. The baby boomers, the silence. Hmm. Is this based on? Yeah, yeah. These numbers corroborate what I had in uh, Poor Richard's Retirement. Oh, yeah, I have. he's mentioning Waifu. The to- I totally have to. Okay, what is this? Anapijoni, that blog spot. 
Maybe I can run an ad on his site. Or he's going to be another conservative blogger that doesn't have the slightest bit of capitalistic entrepreneurial. Look at this. The guy has no ads on his side. None. None. <sighs> All right. Okay, that's it for the Clary Podcast. Um, if you guys want, men, check your nuts in the shower. Make sure you don't got the testicular cancer. Ladies, get your breasts checked. Make sure you don't have the breast cancer. And then... Um, yeah, that's it. I'll, I'll see you guys later. I'm going to go walk and listen to O'Shea. Toodles.